right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 22nd episode of the Academy Arguments. I'm Andrew Nuno. And I'm Brittany McHugh. And for this episode, we are joined by no one. We no, are we lost all our friends. <laughs> <laughs> we are switching it up. We it's so crazy. This is the 22nd episode, and we've always had somebody yeah. else in the conversation. We've never gone at it. Just the two of us. So this will this is gonna be an interesting change of pace. It will. We won't have I'm, anyone keeping the peace or just inciting more <laughs> arguments. Yeah. Also, no, it, we've decided to add um substances into the mix because you know it's just not enough if it's just us arguing. So throughout this entire episode, I will be drinking and Andrew will be getting high. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that how that works. Wait, is there is there like a, a rule that we're setting up for this? Like, I don't wh- know. Are we playing like a drinking is there, game? Is there like a system here? Ooh, ooh, actually, this could be interesting. This could be interesting. Every single time we move on to a new topic regarding the film, you have to take a drink. I have to take a hit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're going to get fucked up, dude. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. So the film, guys, that we're talking about this time around is the Ron Howard 20 or sorry yeah 20 2000 film yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas the live action I was to say 20,000 like that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense so the 2000 film by Ron Howard starring Jim Carrey Jeffrey Tambor a whole list of of other folks and it's one of the few live action adaptations of a Dr. Seuss book before uh, Dr. Two. Seuss's widow uh, banned film companies from ever doing a live action um, and film. Surprisingly, this was not the film that banned it. <laughs> it okay, was you, the next one. You have to admit, the cat in the hat was pretty bad compared it was to terrible. this. Terrible. If you want to hear our discussion on that, please check out I've Been Meaning to Listen to This podcast. We talk about it with our good friends, yeah. other Andrew and Olivia. Yeah, yeah. So we, we actually do talk about that. And both of them were actually on this podcast in earlier episodes. So that that would be a fun thing to listen to if you've if you've got the time and you want to hear our conversations about Mike Myers. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that was a change in subject. Yeah. Oh Let's shit. Go. Okay, yeah. Come okay. on, dude. All right. All right. All right. You know, I might just win because you're going to get high while I'll get drunk. And I feel like I'm just going to get angrier mm, and you're going to get more relaxed. I'll just get chiller. I'll just be like, I'll, I'll be talking like the- Which might the, make me angrier. I'll be talking of like the guy from the Californians. He's like, I think you should go home now, Devin. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Changing okay, the subject? so yes, bring it, bring it back. I think it's be the challenge of this episode is like bringing yep. everybody and keeping everybody on track. But okay, so we're going to move on to the next part here, which is oh, and our- we also are doing this episode because it is December first. Oh yeah, it'll be December first when this is getting released. <laughs> so we are ringing in the holiday season with one of the only holiday movies to ever win an Academy Award, which is surprising because if anything, I would have thought it's a Wonderful Life would have won but it was nominated no. for six oscars and won none of them so didn't win anything yeah that's a shame that's a shame but um yeah anywho bringing it back so next thing we're gonna talk about is what were our impressions uh going into seeing this film i'm gonna assume that we were both re-watching for this yeah. okay oh yeah all right this is so. my dad's second favorite christmas film also we changed the subject mm. Oh yeah, yeah. This is my dad's second favorite Christmas film. We watch this every year in my household. Every year, every dang. year. His first is a Christmas story, the one with the guy who gets his tongue stuck to the pole. Oh, is it the one that's like you'll shoot your eye out? Yeah, kid? yeah, you'll shoot oh, okay. your eye out and the leg lamp. So yeah, this is uh, his second favorite Christmas film. So we watch it every year. We were four when I think this movie came out, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. Like, I have a really vague memory of seeing this movie in theaters. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the first films that I saw in theaters, too. Yeah, so what were were your thoughts? Um, It could be either, you know, when you were watching this for the first time. I I, I mean, those are are my thoughts. When I was watching it for the first time, I was four. Hey, what are you talking had, about? Sir? I've had I've had some pretty passionate opinions about films that I watched when I was that young. 
So no, like yeah, we watch it every year. It's like okay, gotcha. it's a fun Christmas movie. Um rewatching it with a more critical eye was a very different experience <laughs> this time around. Oh, <laughs> uh, on my end, um I mean, I I can't say that this film was one of like the go-to films that I grew up with as far as Christmas is concerned, but it definitely was like, you know, a film that I would watch like every three or four Christmases. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think a lot of the, the positive feelings that I have with this film is just comes from like the memories that I have watching this film in December and, you know, (laughs) fun fact, Christmas is my favorite holiday. So it's just like, you know, Lots of feelings of nostalgia and all that. Mary so. joy that bullshit. <laughs> okay, Scrooge. <laughs> I genuinely like Christmas too, guys. <laughs> She's just in her uh in her persona. Very much so, yeah. See, I feel like you're just gonna get sassier as, as as like I'm worried, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have t- touched on our impressions, and now it's over to you. <laughs> Yes. Okay. This was the 73rd Academy Awards. This film was nominated in three different categories. It ended up winning one. And the winner was Best Makeup. And that was Rick Baker and Gail Roel Ryan. It was also nominated for Best Costume Design. That was Rita Rayek. Uh, mm. It lost to Gladiator. And Michael Kornblith and Meredith Boswell were nominated for Best Art Direction. Lost to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon which I first looked up the promo for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon after reading that. Mm-hmm. And we got to do that movie sometime, man. Yeah, that was one of... So um, many wires. I, I'm, I'm so ready. One of Ang Lee's uh, first, first big films. Okay. Also, fun fact. It was the... At the time of its release, it was the second highest grossing holiday film of all time behind only Home Alone. It was later bumped down to the third highest grossing film of all time because the first went to the 2018 version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yep, that film grossed $511 million. That honestly sounds right to me. Like, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not either. Can't can't say that I'm shocked. So... Let's, uh, what, what, what do you, you want to jump, jump into first Well, here? we can start with the narration, which is Hannibal Lecter. Like, Hannibal oh. Lecter is narrating this Christmas movie. You mean Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> yep. That was pointed out to me in a different video, so shout out to CinemaSins. But, yeah. <laughs> so that was Are... happening, which is very fitting when you consider that mask the Grinch wears as a disguise. Looks like he skinned one of these Who people and just plastered it on his face. So wait, what exactly is the Grinch? Like, what? What's? I, I think he's a bastard Who. A bastard Who? Yeah, someone fucked a monster because you <laughs> and that eventually caused a basket to fly down from the sky in this snowflake. And uh, just landed probably in one of those ladies' orgies. Because you know that party they were having? 100% mm-hmm. an orgy. You, They oh were throwing God. keys in a jar, Andrew. Oh they were, it was a key party. They were literally throwing keys in a jar. You can't... There was a lady who was riding a guy, smacking his ass like he was some kind of horse, past the window. There was another lady chasing a guy as he, like held his chest like he was being scandalized, which, you know, is concerning considering those parties. If you're going to go to an orgy, consent should be a very big thing there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, 100% an orgy. You cannot tell me that that wasn't an orgy. I, I'm... <laughs> Andrew, they were throwing keys in a jar. What do you think I that mean, means? What do you I think mean, that is, Andrew? That is a I key party. Know. You pick. I don't Andrew. know. Okay, Andrew, I'm going to teach you something here. When you go to an, an adult party and everyone is throwing keys in a jar, that is a key party where what happens is the women go, they pick out a key or, you know, we're in a more progressive time, maybe a partner. But back when they were started, it was generally considered just men and women because, you know, society is bullshit. And, uh... You pick out someone else's keys, and whoever's keys you picked out, that's who you went home with. That is a key party, Andrew. 
They were throwing keys in that jar. They were doing all their stuff through that window. The only reason why I will not refute you on that is because this this film does sneak in it's so quite, sexual. quite a few things that I, I got now as um, so sexual as a grown up, but went right over my head as a kid. So I don't I don't think I'll refute you on that because that legitimately might have been what Ron Howard was getting at. There is so much sex in this G-rated movie. Yeah. I mean, the Grinch is naked the entire time. So, like, we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, we see him in clothes, so we got to assume that when he's just naked, he's naked. That's a good point. Also, they sexualize the children, too. Like, let's go back to the flashback scene where we first learned the origins of the Grinch. The Grinch. And, by the way, I said, let's go back, so... Off we go. (laughs) Um, And what was I saying? Oh, right. So the flashback scenes, we see the origin of the Grinch. Apparently, these children fly down in baskets, and that is how babies are born, in which Cindy Lou Who goes, oh, how that's, so that's how it works, which confuses me, because if that is how it works, wouldn't she have seen flying baskets of babies before? She's not a baby. She's got to be like nine or ten years old. So you'd think maybe that's something she would notice, but whatever. That's not what I'm going on. I'm going on. So we see the Grinch in school and he meets his love interest, Miss Martha May, who, and she is literally licking a lollipop as she looks at him. And then later she goes to him and she just says the line, Christmas is my favorite time of year. I just love the colors. Red. And green as she strokes his face. And I'm like, what the fuck did they yeah. make this child do? Yeah. This film is pretty sexual. It's so sexual. It's a G-rated movie. Wait, it, it was only a G it was only G-rated? Honestly, dude, I don't know. How did this I think film- it was G-rated? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta look this up. Also, all of their last names end in who? Are they all related? I don't know. Because they all live in that tiny fucking snowflake and all their faces are messed up. This could be an incest thing. They all got those weird noses. <laughs> and they're all of their last names are who? There's a scene where the Grinch is going through a telephone book and all of the last names he screams out, I hate you two, end in who? Is who just their all collective last name? <laughs> I guess so. In which case, we got a lot of questions here about incest. Is that why the babies are carried down? So that no one can... I don't know. Also, the uh, this film was rated PG. Oh, well, whatever. It's still a lot of sexual stuff for a PG movie. Yeah, that, that's fair. That is fair. I have a lot of questions about the way they live. Like, it's so confusing to me, Andrew. Why do they live in a snowflake? What happens when that snowflake eventually melts? Yeah, those are good questions. Those are good questions. What do they do for the other holidays? They celebrate other holidays. Hannibal Lecter narrates that they feel fine about other holidays, but if all they care about is Christmas, what happens the other days of the year? It seems like they live in a world that is designed around Christmas. Are they just, do they just fall into a seasonal depression the other days of the year? I, I, I'm not a who, so I, I don't think I can answer that question for you, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I you're like, not doing your part, Andrew. Maybe it's no, I'm barreling through. I, I think <laughs> something to do with that. All right. All right. So let's bring ourselves to the one Oscar it won for best makeup. Mm-hmm. The makeup is fucking incredible in this in this film. Like you could have problems with all the other aspects, but you can't deny how good the makeup was in this film. I have a small problem with the makeup. Two things actually. Okay, let's hear it. The first one is why is Martha May the only one without a fake nose? It's just her regular face. But everyone else had like a fake nose on. That's an interesting question. And then the second thing, a big thing around the Grinch revolves around the fact that he has a beard. That man does not have a beard. 
That man is hairy literally everywhere else on his body except for his face. The whole thing with the razor is mm-hmm. about like he how he needs to shave. And when he's a kid, he tries shaving and he gets all those nicks, which I get it, bro. It's hard. Um, but he has no hair on his fucking face. It's just green. There is hair everywhere else on his body. Why do you think that might be the case? It might be because he shaves. No, Andrew. When they say you're eight years old and you have a beard, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have a beard. And then he tries to shave, but there's nothing to fucking shave because he has nothing on his face. And then later, in the future, we see him. He has nothing on his face. In fact, every single one of those Who creatures are perfectly clean shaven. I mean, as, as far as like the plot Actually, line... that's not true. I did see a guy with a mustache. Yeah. But as far as like the plot when he was a kid, that that was a very interesting plot to have happen to him when he was that young. He was but, eight like, years old. Yeah, so all the more reason why like he might be like this bastard who. But as far as like when he's older and he doesn't have any facial hair on him, that might 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 just be the fact that he finally learned how to shave. Then why wouldn't he shave everywhere else? He has hair all over his body. Why only? And not even his entire face. Like if you go a little further back, there's hair his entire like right up to his cheeks. I mean, I I don't think I can really speak to the Grinch's cosmetic choices. I can speak to the the, the makeup that was there, the makeup that did exist, was good. Like, as far as it belonging there, as far as it making sense, that's an issue with the story, I think, more than with the makeup. You don't think makeup plays a part in telling a story? I think it does, but it's like, if, I think the problems you're having with the makeup are narrative problems. They're not problems with the makeup itself. Oh, I'm making them about the makeup itself. Well, you're not doing a very good job connecting it. Cause like, Well, it was the makeup's department to make sure that he was eight years old and he had a beard. He didn't have one. But what, what, okay, but don't you see that that's a narrative choice because it's in the plot. It's in the plot that he's eight years old and he has a beard that is in the script. The makeup department sees that. They make him Mm -hmm. eight years old with a beard. But but that that that's a that's a narrative thing because him having to shave that young causes the embarrassment. That that's that's you you see what I'm saying? That's that's a problem with the narrative. That's not a problem with the makeup department. The narrative requires certain things of the makeup department. The makeup department should accommodate those certain things. But, but no one in the makeup department is going to go if to Ron makeup, Howard. If I, Andrew, if you wrote in a script, Brittany gets shot in the face, and then the makeup department didn't write, make a bullet hole on me somewhere on my face, you would say that would be a problem on the makeup department. Okay. But if the makeup department saw that, that Ron Howard was okay with only the few things that he had... And he and they went to him, and he turned them down. But we don't know they did. We don't know they did, Andrew, because we weren't there. We were four years old in two thousand when this movie came well, technically, out. Technically, technically, we would have been three when the film was being made. So when it was being made, but we were four when it came out in theaters. I know, but my point is the the decision that that impacted we this weren't opinion. there andrew <laughs> i know you we weren't there were either infants. we didn't understand things you weren't there either so how do you know that they didn't i just know that if someone writes a line in your script that says you're eight years old and you have a beard it's the makeup's responsibility to make sure that that eight-year-old has a beard and how do you know that they didn't try and they were shot down I don't, by Ron Howard? But you are assuming the best, Andrew. I always assume the worst. Is it is it so wrong to assume the best in humanity? Yes. Humanity does. That's dark. You. That's dark. This is honestly honestly, guys, I know I make jokes. I don't drink that often. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't like where this is going for me later on. Oh man! At least I do have a full stomach because I did have dinner before that. That's that's good. That's good. Okay, so so the other two things I want I want to touch on, um, and we're changing the topic. So uh, you know what you got to do? Yeah. Um, the nominations. Place where is nominated? Best art direction, 
best costume design. Do you need? Do you need to get another I, one? I need to get another one. <laughs> you okay. keep talking. I'll be back. All right. All right. So she's gonna go get another drink, and I'm gonna uh, just kind of uh, babble on here. But uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I I don't know. I just like the Grinch. I I think the the, the makeup it deserved to be um, rewarded. Brittany may think otherwise, but I, I I do think they did a good job. Now, as far as the art design, the costume designs concerned, I think the costumes are really good. And Brittany can't argue with me about that point because she's not here right now. But now she's back, so I'm going to continue talking about the costume design now that Brittany's back. I found a ready to drink margarita. I also found a water. Yeah, that's a good call. The costumes in this film, like, even though narratively, admittedly, I do have a few problems with this film. From an artistic costume design, makeup, art directing perspective, I think that this film knocked it out of the park. And especially with the costume design, I just, I really, really love how they, they just, the costume made for everybody, how it really infused the film with the spirit of the novel that inspired the film. Um, yeah, I just I just think that they hit it on the head. This is really strong. I just got a whiff of it. It's <laughs> Oh my god. Oh god. Oh god. Oh man. I think I changed <laughs> the topic too, so <laughs> shit. Uh, okay. So oh, you're, you're- wow, yeah. <laughs> Your thoughts on the costume design? I have no thoughts on the costume design. I did not write a single note on the costume design. Not even not even in retrospect? No. Like, I mean, I, I think the one thing I notice is that during the hubilation, um, Cindy and her parents are dressed as tablecloths and food. Why? What does that mm-hmm. have to do with Christmas? Whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. But honestly, I think Cindy's adorable. Yeah, no. They, no, they, her they, they song. Did. Can we talk oh, about her song? Oh my god, that song destroys me. Her song is very cute, but I don't think it makes sense. Because, and I caught this for the first time today while I was watching it. Because, like, okay, Cindy's whole thing is that she's conflicted because she doesn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. Which, fine, whatever. I believe she calls it superfluous at one point. Mm-hmm. And then she has that song where she goes, my world is changing. That's a lyric. But then I was like, wait, no, it's not. Isn't that the problem? Isn't it the the problem is that Christmas never changes and you've suddenly become disillusioned to the fact that it never changes and how it's almost like a commercial holiday as opposed to being what Christmas truly should be about. And I'm like, wait, so what is she singing about then? What? She's what? Mm-hmm. And then also, this isn't a musical. Why does she burst out in song? Literally, no one else does that in this movie. They sing carols. We hear the theme song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, at one point, but no one else sings. That's a good point. <laughs> but, but what to that were point. They doing? Why? I don't understand. I I do think regarding the song though, I I think even even though I know um Cindy Lou Who's like idea of Christmas is, you know, you don't need the gifts and everything. I think it takes a hot second though for the people of Whoville to come to that realization. You know, I, I think that that the and, and I think this is even a point that they emphasize in the film um that they're they're so tied to like things and material stuff and so even though she knows that that it's not about the gifts i think seeing all the sadness around her has made her felt like her world was changing seeing the sadness around her everyone is fucking shooting rainbow colored christmas themed confetti out of their asses now when the gifts are taken now when the gifts are taken this where are you christmas song comes in like literally right after she meets the grinch in the mail room yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) there there is there is something of a grand irony in that fact and the fact that they redid the song uh with someone else 
And now that song. Like I wondered the- that. Yeah. I remember being confused when I heard that song on the radio and I was like, it doesn't sound like Cindy Lou Who. Like, well, who Where? who is this? Isn't it like Celine Dion? Is that is it Celine Dion? Hold on. I hold have on. no idea. I, I got it. I got it. I'm definitely <laughs> Tim Stipsy. It <laughs> is Oh, it's Mariah Carey. It's Mariah Carey. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Faith Hill. Faith Faith Hill. Mariah Carey oh, is one wow. of the writers. Faith Hill was the one that performed it. Okay. Well, Faith Hill has a very nice voice. Oh man, this soundtrack was a time. <laughs> Ends in sync. Uh, contributed a song to the film soundtrack. You don't have to be alone. In parentheses on Christmas. What? In sync wrote a song for the film soundtrack. We should reach out to our friends. At I've been meaning to listen to this. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else do we need to talk about? How, how, how you doing? You, you you doing good? Yeah, I'm gonna keep going and just keep barreling through this, and I'm changing the subject. So, alrighty. What's what are we changing it to? Well, okay. I want to talk about. Um, oh God. Okay. I want to talk about uh, Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Specifically, I don't really want to talk about Jim Carrey as the Grinch because Jim Carrey. We always know Jim Carrey is going to do great in whatever funny role he's given, and this role was essentially just an excuse for him to keep mugging and riffing and doing a bunch of funny stuff for a very long time. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. I can't cancel that again. And then uh, probably adding about an additional 10 minutes onto the movie of just him mugging. Which, you know, I think he's funny, so that's fine. I want to talk about the Grinch, though. The Grinch does not deserve to be forgiven. (laughs) For one thing, like, I'm going to start. He has committed so much property damage, vandalism, theft. I'm pretty sure he murdered that yodeler he took the costume from. I think like, he just took his clothes. No, he murdered him. You, I am Do you come. see? Do you do ever you see, see him yodeler? again? Doesn't mean that he's dead. Ah, oh, that's suspicious. This is an incestuous small town, Andrew. I bet people would notice. But the Grinch is not the Who's. You know, the Grinch is the Grinch, you know? Yeah, which is why I think he murdered him. So he murdered them. Uh, He burned down their tree in which they had a spare already fully decorated, which, as I'm going to quote CinemaSins here, why were they suspending people on very dangerous ropes to decorate the first tree if they already had a pre-decorated backup tree? Um, That is, yeah. He throws (laughs) his dog out, like throws him like a rag like nothing makes his poor dog carry that giant sled up a hill max is the Mm. true hero of this film it's not the grinch it's max Max really is a true hero though max is yeah max is undervalued for for max's contributions to the events of the film don't get me wrong the mayor also is a dick he straight up tells the cop to pepper spray him Mm -hmm. he straight up does that that's not some uh, guys it's weird that i have to say this in 2020 but apparently based on things that i've seen in the news i do public elective officials should not be telling police to pepper spray people they really shouldn't or you know tear gas people or shoot rubber bullets at people or do stuff like that especially if mm-hmm. those people are just protesting peacefully yeah yeah apparently but going i get ba- like this when i'm drunk anyway <laughs> But going back, going back to the Grinch. So I think that, like, first off, we don't we don't know for certain that he killed the yodeler. We never see him again, Andrew. It's a small incestuous it, town. It, it it's not like that. That's the only town that exists in this world. You don't know that for sure. What either. are you talking about? It's in a fucking snowflake. Exactly. What other towns exist in this snowflake. Okay, if a town can exist, period, in a snowflake to begin with, do you think right, they're going to stop at just one? you think another miracle town inside a snowflake is existing in this same snowflake? I'm just saying, if if there's Andrew, this town... you are crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm not crazy. I'm just optimistic about oh the world, God. you know? I'm actually going to quote the Grinch here. Oh boy. I am what you would consider a bitterly bummed out person. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And I'm pretty sure that actually describes a lot of us in this current pandemic. 
Well, that's fair. That is fair. Especially by the time since by the time that this episode goes out, we have no idea where we may be. We may be on the up and up. We may be just further down the rabbit hole. So we don't really know which which side we're going to be on by the time that this episode gets out. So we'll have to see what happens. But that being said, all the Grinch is really accused of is destruction, theft, arson, theft, murder, arson. No, 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 no. Van- I'm not trying to murder. Multiple vandaliz- not- vandalism. You can't prove the murder. The vandalism you can prove. I can't with the prove the murder. That's a problem, Andrew. That that is. Isn't that the phrase "innocent until proven guilty"? Animal so we, cruelty. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. We don't know if he'll be charged right, for that so one in this court, though. Arsonist, animal cruelty person, thief, and vandal, and we're all just like, you know what? He said he was sorry. No consequences. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't forgive people for saying they're sorry, but when you do that much for that many years, there should be some consequences. Okay, I so I, I won't fight you on the punishment part, but on the forgiven part, yeah, I think that he deserved to be forgiven. Why? Because Especially his since heart grew again. His heart grew. In what, which what, case, what's, what's he should quote? see a fucking doctor. Yeah, he he could have he could have died from that. He that that was a concern. An enlarged heart. I'm pretty sure that is a serious medical condition. Yeah. Also, fun fact. So before Jim Carrey was cast to play the Grinch, mm-hmm. the other actors that were briefly considered for the role included Eddie Murphy, Jack Nicholson, Robin Williams, Dustin Jack Hoffman, Nicholson. and Tom Hanks. Tom, I could see almost all of those except Jack Nicholson, mainly because I am struggling to picture Jack Nicholson in my head right now. Same with Dustin Hoffman. I actually don't know who Dustin Hoffman is. Wait, 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 wait. What? I don't know most people by their names, Andrew. It's kind of like if I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize that person. Dustin Hoffman's like a legend in the industry, though. Who is he? What is. Wow. What is he in? What what is he in? Yeah. I mean, he's been in so many films. uh, Okay, have you seen Rain Man? No. Okay. Um, see, I mean, so so much of his career was like in like the seventies. Okay. Well, I was not alive in the seventies, and <laughs> but like it's it's all like the class of films. Like there's Kramer like, versus Kramer, The never Graduate. Seen it. Never um, seen it. Oh my god! All the President's Men. Never seen it. Oh man, Midnight Cowboy. Nope. Oh my lord. Okay. How, how about this? He was um he was the um. The master in Kung Fu Panda. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of more like. I mean, I get the voice examples. now. I still have no idea what he looks like. And honestly, okay. now that I think about it, I am struggling to. I have not seen that movie since it came out, so <laughs> I'm now struggling to think of the voice too. Oh God. It's a good thing we're doing a movie podcast, right? Yeah, seriously. Look up who who also who doesn't hop into it because that man is is a living, breathing legend. Okay, um, I will. I'm sure we'll do one of his movies eventually. Yeah. Why does he dress up Max as a reindeer? That is a good question. <laughs> I feel like I'm winning this episode, guys. No, no, no I kind of am. I'm pointing out a lot of plot holes, and you're not really having answers for them. So. Um, that's your one sided opinion. The only really? difference you is there's not. You just said I don't know to why I d- why that question, and you've continued. That, that doesn't that doesn't that, necessi- that doesn't necessarily not knowing the answer to something not ne- does not necessarily make it a problem, though. Oh, that's, that's I forgot the, that's the problem he with also, that logic. I forgot he also made the mayor kiss his dog's asshole. He also <laughs> did. <laughs> okay, that's that was that's just funny, <laughs> Andrew. If I went up to you in your sleep, holding my dog's asshole out and made you kiss it, would you think, oh, you know what? That's pretty funny. Or would you be horrified? Because I have made you basically commit a sex act on my dog. That, but the mayor was an asshole, though. Like a grade A asshole. Yeah, of course. It's hard to feel. 
But it's so also, it's hard to him with Martha. Why are they dating? They've been dating since they were eight, and he's only now proposing to her. What in his forties? All the more reason why he's an asshole. Oh my god! See, you're you're just proving my point, and it's hard to feel bad for assholes. It really is. That is true. It is hard to feel bad for assholes. I mean, was what the Grinch did to him the right thing to do? Not necessarily. But do I feel bad? Do I feel bad that it happened to him? I feel bad for Max. Well, yeah. Max was horrified. (laughs) Horrified afterwards. That poor, poor dog. Why is he with the Grinch? He deserves so much better. He should find himself a nice incestuous who family and just live with them for the rest of his life. Okay. No, no. no. By, by the end of the film, the Grinch is actually, um, what's the word? Manageable? But how long so- was he living with him, Andrew? How long did he have to endure that torture and abuse? You know, it, that, that that is an unfortunate situation. But fortunately, by the end, it's resolved. And he becomes happy. And so I'm pretty sure that the Grinch was a good, uh, loving owner to Max after that day. You, you can rest we assured. Don't know that. You know, I mean, I, I don't even buy this whole, oh, you know what? My heart grew three sizes. That means that I'm a better person thing. We don't know that. He's going to say he changed for a little bit. He's going to save a bunch of presents and bring them back. He's going to give a half-assed apology without facing any consequences. And he's going to invite you back to his house for a big party. Does that mean he's a better person? No. We don't know what he does in the future. He could relapse the fuck. Bad behavior is a hard pattern to break people. I know that. I have committed a lot of bad behaviors by being mean to people, specifically Andrew. And you know what? (laughs) I can't break this habit. Okay, I made a podcast so I could not break this habit. Isn't isn't that an argument that you could use for every character who's ever existed in every movie ever? Yes, so I win every <laughs> movie. On the contrary, uh, you you, you lose, you lose, uh, Brittany, because that 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 cancels out your argument. I feel like you're not as high as I am, Tipsy, right now, and it's not fair. Um, no, trust me, like. Because here's the thing, when when I get um, toasted, uh, I, 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 I can pull myself together if need be, <laughs> oh, but God. it just takes significantly more effort to do that. So, and then like my voice will just progressively get more and more like this, but it's not, it's not there yet. It's still, it's still pretty much intact. So we're, we're still, we're oh, still good God. to go, but yeah. That you, you, I just, I just negated that point. So I don't think you, you, you did. I think I did. I think because you're again, too high and you think you did. Mm, on the contrary, I think you're too drunk and you think <laughs> that you won. This was such a bad idea, <laughs> guys. So we came this- up with this idea literally like two minutes before starting this podcast. It was a terrible choice. (laughs) But you're not even done with your second drink yet. You've literally only had one. I haven't had a drink in three months. Dang. Good lord. It's bad. And this is real strong. Yes, it is. Which it shouldn't be. Why are these tiny bottles so strong? I feel like, oh my god, I just saw the percentage. What what what's the percentage? I mean, I don't know if this is high or not. It's thirteen percent alcohol, almost fourteen because it's thirteen point nine. That's that's about double the usual concentration. Oh, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's let's talk uh, quickly about the score here. The music was done by James Horner, which um, it's so sad that James Horner is no longer with us because he he just composed. Some of the most memorable scores I think that that's ever been made. I mean, he he did the score for Titanic. He did the score for. There weren't a lot of memorable things about Avatar, but one of the memorable things about Avatar was the score, and that's thanks to James Horner. And it's a shame that that he's not with us anymore. But I I love the score that that he wrote for this, and I I think the way that that he blends all these different themes together, and he really gives gives this film a, a holiday mood. I think it does a lot to to boost the story. I'd rather talk about the upwards garbage disposal. You're changing the topic. Oh, fuck. 
<laughs> James Horner, Horner, you were a good dude, RIP. But I don't think physics play a part. Are physics different inside a snowflake? Because that garbage disposal goes up a mountain. Yeah, that's that's that. Also, I think there might the Grinch somehow Spider-Man's to a wall. Maybe the the rules of physics are different when you're inside the snowflake. I can't. I mean, <laughs> they have fucking gravity. You'd think that rule would apply. So what's with this upward facing? It's. I just kept thinking about that. And they go down the same garbage disposal. They slide down it multiple times. This is why this is can very, they go up it? This is very a very That's existential not how physics work. This is a very existential complaint. It's not. It's a logical complaint. Because existential Again, you, would mean but, but, like I'm going into but, a Brittany, deeper theological do, do sense. You, I am at questioning logic because physics is logic do you know the, the laws of gravity is logic do you know what the laws of physics are though when you're existing at a molecular level inside a snowflake do i know what the laws of physics are inside a snowflake no but i do know that one of the laws is gravity but when you're inside you something people that molecular around. that small and I mean, we see we them even going down the slide, we, Andrew, and we see them walking we, on the ground. Therefore, Brittany, gravity exists Brittany, in this fucking snowflake, which Brittany. I don't know what happens when they melt. Do they all just die? How long are their years in the snowflake? Brittany, oh, my God. Do you... <laughs> have you studied the molecular... <laughs> You cannot argue with me about this, Andrew, because if one law of physics works in there and that law is gravity, then it should apply to garbage disposals that are occasion that are supposed to be pushing things down, as we see as the slide proves when they slide down the garbage disposal twice. But the first time he uses it, he goes down the garbage disposal and shoots upwards up a mountain. That goes against a law they had already pre-established in this snowflake fucking incestual Whoville universe. Okay, H how do we know that, that we're even in the human world, though? I mean, these people all We got know fucking... we're in a fucking snowflake! Yeah, but it, it could be a snowflake that exists in another world, in another galaxy. Andrew, we, if one law think... of physics applies, and that is the law of gravity, then that law should apply to everything in that universe. And if the law of gravity applies, then you can't counteract that same fucking law! I don't know if I, if I, if I agree with that. You because don't... Here's the... Because here's the I'm thing. I'm so Brittany, angry at you. You are thinking in in regards to only our species and our galaxy in this moment of time as we understand it. I'm so angry with you. You don't know if 20 if this film is covering a civilization 30 40,000 years into the future where the laws of physics may have changed tremendously causing Then why us do we only see them once? Why do we Why only do we... see the upwards facing uh, garbage disposal? Why does you're, you're, everything else you're... apply to the laws of physics? I'll tell you why. Because it's a <laughs> fucking movie. And they only knew what to work with what they know. And those are the laws of fucking physics. And they just or... thought, you know what? Let's throw him down a garbage disposal and throw him up a mountain just to be zany. Holy shit. <sighs> <laughs> I'm like having trouble forming words at this point. I yeah, I can, I can tell. Oh, I also don't understand the nail on the car. You know how he scratches up a car, the car, the mm. new car. Oh so yeah, he, him just little taking his. Yeah. First of all, he doesn't have nails. Second of all, the way he scratched the car, he was putting basically what would be the palm of his finger against the car. So it wouldn't even be his nail. Mm-hmm. How did he scratch the car? Well, like you said, he's a he's a bastard, a bastard who we don't know the properties of the the creature that was. Where the is his nail, Andrew? We saw his fingers. It's just fucking hair. Look, Brittany, I'm gonna approach this from a biology perspective. Oh my you we I'm don't know. The other creature that was involved 
in the making of the Grinch. And since we don't know the properties of the other person involved, we can't say for certain what powers and or abilities the Grinch may or may not have. Dude, I'm so sorry. I have to use the bathroom. So you keep okay. talking. I'm going to do that. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> got a little uh, time to myself here. Um... So what do you guys think? You know, what 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 are your thoughts? What's what is what is running through your head right now about this holiday masterpiece? You know? What what what's what's going through your mind? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether it be on Instagram, on Twitter. I I, I don't know what, what you uh what you prefer. But uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. And it doesn't even have to be about this film. It could be about the uh, the other ones. The other ones that we've covered. So, yeah. Looking looking forward to what you got to say. So I'm just going to continue existing here. Were you talking? I was. Okay, cool. I'll, I guess I'll find out what you said in editing. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. So... Are there, I mean, is there, is there anything else really that you want to touch on here? Um, any other burning discussion topics? No, I mean, the only other thing I had was someone ran over someone with a bike in like the first 10 minutes of this movie and all of those presents at the mailroom are broken. Yeah. But other than that, I I think I'm good. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that this film is devoid of plot holes. But I will say that the pros do outweigh the cons for me. Well, we can get into final thoughts, I guess. <laughs> um, All right. We'll start, we'll start with you first. Yeah. Uh, Weird-ass movie. I mean, I, I think it's at a point where it's so bad. I mean, it's, it's not well-reviewed. I looked it up. It's got a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. But I watch it every year, and I don't regret that decision. <laughs> I think it's so fun. I think it's a fun, really stupid Christmas movie to watch. It's <laughs> so absolutely watch it. Absolutely watch this. I feel like you could say the exact same thing for uh, Cat in the Hat. Just no, fun you and can't. Stupid. Cat in the Hat is just stupid. It's not fun. <laughs> it's just stupid. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, as far as, as my opinion goes, though, um, I do recommend it. I think it's a fun movie. I think Jim Carrey alone makes this film uh, worth watching. Just the scene when he's literally just kind of by himself and going through his schedule and half the things are like uh, seven o'clock scream into the abyss. And then like, uh, That's you know, I spend all my seven o'clock no. dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Um, how I, I spend all my dinners. No, That's not true. <laughs> I live with my parents. <laughs> but like I said, I, I think Jim Carrey alone makes this film worth it. But I think it's also a really good movie. It, it has a surprising amount of heart in it. Um, I, I was not expecting that. Um, so yeah, I'd say give it a watch. I'm a, I, I, I hope at least that the people who, who are listening to this have watched this by now. But if you have not, for whatever reason, please give it a watch. Yeah, I'm going to sneeze and then we can get into plugs. Oh, apparently I'm not. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm we'll kick it over to you I'm then. Now. Um, we'll, we'll kick it over to you then, so you can get you get you can get your plugs in before the sneeze comes back. Yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brittany Blue Eyed. Don't have a Twitter. Something I would like to recommend. Okay. I'm trying to form clear thoughts. Um. Oh, you got I, this. I started. Um. I I really like watching The Crown. So. The fourth season of The Crown came out. Um, yeah, so watch that if you're into that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Nuno. You can find me on Instagram at Andrew the Nuno Twin. Um, I'm, I'm going to give two recommendations. First off, I know that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Take care of yourself. Like, do what you got to do. Whether it is meditating, whether it's whether it's watching your favorite movie or cooking your favorite dish or even just going for a quick walk outside. Or like shooting I just a podcast and getting drunk with your friend. Yeah. Like 
please like do like we we can give all the recommendations in the way we want but like especially right now like our our number one recommendation is to take care of yourself and just make sure that mentally physically emotionally you are you are engaging in that self-care um as far as a pop culture reference it's i don't know like i I, there's so many things that i feel like i've i've watched recently but i don't know if like i don't really know if my recommendations really gonna count at this point i mean like i started watching legend of Korra with 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 britney and i freaking love it um and i have time to watch that again yeah um so like if you if you have for whatever reason not watched either that or avatar like what are you doing like watch you well, haven't avatar first. watched all of legend of Korra. well i know what are but, you but doing even with what i have watched this is this is incredible like plus it comes from the same folks who made the original avatar series so i trust them oh um then I'm going to hijack your recommendation here because what okay. you should be recommending people to watch because it comes from one of the not main creators of Avatar, but highly influential cre- um, director and producer of Avatar. Uh, watch The Dragon Prince. It's on Netflix. It's a relatively new show. Um, very good. So if you have watched Avatar and Legend of Korra, which you should, then that's the next one you got to check out. Cool. Well, there you have it. There you have it. All right. All right. This was a fun way to kick off the holiday season with you, Andrew. <laughs> likewise, likewise. This was a very, very unique episode of the Academy Arguments for many reasons. All right. So that wraps it up for this episode of the Academy Arguments. If you want to see us talk about more films, uh, there are 21 other options for you to consider so please feel free to give those a listen we always appreciate the report uh the support rather um and thanks again guys we hope that you take care of yourselves stay safe stay healthy and until next time if you're feeling sad and are in a pinch turn on your tv and watch the grinch all right take care guys there was a lot of pressure on you for that one because this is the Grinch it's literally a Dr. Seuss movie it's all about rhyming so yeah <laughs> I know a lot of pressure for you bye guys bye <laughs> see you guys the Academy Arguments was created and produced by Brittany McHugh and Andrew Nuno it is edited by Brittany McHugh and the artwork is by Olivia Jensen if you like what you heard here today then tell a friend tell a couple of friends tell your grandmother if you think that's something she'd be into Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps the show get noticed when you do. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions for a movie we should do for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Academy Arguments, on Twitter at ACAD Arguments, or at our email, academyarguments at gmail.com. Why are these tiny bottles so high in alcohol? That doesn't make sense. If they're tiny, they should be less than alcohol. Al- it's it's alcohol. It's done what? <laughs> Shut up, you're high. Shut up, you're drunk. <laughs>